Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Hello, folks. Today, we will be speaking to Sukrit Khatri, an analyst and advisor at Kinetic Capital. Sukrit has over eight years of wide-ranging experience in strategy, data analytics, and investment advisory. Starting his career at Deutsche Bank, he has been an angel investor, a fintech practitioner, a mentor to startups, and a social entrepreneur. He recently joined Kinetic, where he's advising and guiding companies looking to perform token sales. Welcome to the show, Sukrit, and congratulations on your new role at Kinetic. Thanks very much, Tushar. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into into your role at Kinetic, as well as your journey in blockchain, as well as cryptocurrency, I want to talk a little bit about your background. You've always had some links to the financial services industry over the course of your career. How did you end up at Kinetic Capital? All right. Uh, I actually was picked up by Deutsche Bank when I was um, I was in St. Stephen's College in Delhi in 2010. Deutsche Bank came to hire me, uh, came to hire on campus and they picked me up. Um, they shipped me to Hong Kong, um, where I have been since 2010 now. I worked with Deutsche up till last year, Feb. Um, and uh, then I transitioned into the fintech space. Uh, and in earlier role, my role was, uh, I wouldn't say more in the blockchain world, but it was mostly in helping companies, uh, you know, advising the CEOs on um, on their strategy, on what they, one, of the, one of the projects I was working on was a client which was going to have a billion dollar takeover and uh, really wanted to understand how should they be positioning themselves. Uh, so those are some of the kind of projects that I worked on. Blockchain is um, something that started off uh, for me out of interest, trying to understand the potentials of it. Of course, like most, most people in the world, it was Bitcoin that got me involved, but I was always very intrigued about the potentials of the technology. While I was uh, doing my research on that, because that's what my background is in research, I found out about Kinetic, um, which is a premier firm um, doing everything blockchain related in Hong Kong. We, we are involved with you know, four aspects of blockchain. The A, one is the tech aspect. The other is advisory, which is what I'm part of. Third is investments. So we invest in, in, in tokenized securities or um, you know, ICOs. Fourth is community building. And that's a very, very important element. You know, a lot of people out there who do not understand the use cases of blockchain. And, um, you know, that's something I help them. I help them understand that blockchain is something they can apply on in their daily life um, in within their firms um, to improve efficiency, to reduce cost and a lot of other benefits. That sounds good. So um, are you involved uh, across all four verticals or is there one particular vertical that you take care of in particular? I'm involved in the advisory element. So uh, where we, we get clients who come in. Uh, you know, I, I describe this a little bit like uh, clients who come in with who have ideas, who probably understand a little bit about what they want to do. But we help them on this. We help them take through the journey of, you know, not only just raising funds, but giving back to the community. And, you know, Throughout this discussion, you're going to hear this word community from me not, uh, purely because it's a very, very important element uh, to how we approach uh, doing ICOs. We believe that a lot of clients still, unfortunately, look at ICOs as raising money. 
but it's actually not about raising money. It's about delivering on a product which is required by, you know, by the population that's required by the people. Uh, so an idea could be somewhere like somebody says somebody wants to do an exchange. So we would help them understand, all right, who are the stakeholders that will be involved in this exchange? And what are the problems that they are trying that, that they have right now? Then what are the solutions you will be bringing and how are those solutions better off in a decentralized world as against a centralized world? So it's, it's about stringing that story together from the, from the person who is, uh, who, who's coming up with the idea to the, to the end user who are all the specific stakeholders. And another element here is the token, the token utility. It's, it's, it's the hardest piece of, uh, you know, puzzle, if I may, for a lot of the entrepreneurs that come to us. Um, you know, we only work with companies that have got a utility token. We do not work with security tokens at all. And helping, helping those founders understand what's the utility that will drive the community, that'll, drive, that'll grow the community, not just in the form of airdrops on Telegram, you know. It, it should be that people should start valuing that, that your, your token for multiple use cases. So that's where I come in and I help them understand and, you know, develop those token utilities. So before we, we go deeper into, into your role, I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper just in terms of your journey within the blockchain and cryptocurrency world. When did you first hear about it and, and when did you realize that you actually wanted to pursue a career in this field? Sure. The first time I heard of it was in 2010. Now, I used to do financial research. I used to cover about 110 banks across Asia. So, you know, any anything which you know, looked, which talked about disrupting the industry, I would hear about it. Uh, but I was not heavily involved in the crypto space up till I would say a couple of years ago. Um, much like everybody else, I bought into Bitcoin, you know, because my friend told me about it. I bought it. I didn't really research much about it, but it was only last year when I got very heavily involved in it, uh, trying to understand the technological benefits of it. And more importantly, you know, something that comes very naturally to me is, is, um, is asking why, why do we even need it? And who are the, who are going to be the first users who are going to be the, who are, what are going to be the impediments to the use of, of this technology? So it's only over the past year or so where I've been heavily immersed in this, where I've been going, you know, networking with people, understanding from them, uh, meeting developers and, and uh, even just understanding why they are involved because it's the developers who were the first, you, um, you know, adopters of this technology. So I, I believe my, my journey in this is still, you know, in a very nascent stage wherein I'm learning stuff every day, much like everybody else. Uh, I would know, nowhere call myself a blockchain expert, but I will call myself somebody who's learning about the applications of blockchain and bringing my expertise in finance to blockchain's benefit. I'm just curious, uh, what, what percentage of your portfolio consists of cryptocurrencies, if you'd like to share your personal portfolio? It's very little. Uh, most of it is outside cryptos. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So I want to shift gears a little bit and, and you know, go deeper in, into your role. So as, as part of the, the token sale consulting division, you know, I understand you, you advise uh, you know, companies that are looking to launch utility tokens. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about your role? What, what would a typical day look like for you? Sure. Uh, well, you know, a typical day... So, you know, how we, how we uh, you know, in the advisory team, we're a group of about six or seven. Now we're almost growing every day. When I joined, I was the third 
now we already have we're already double the team so how our day looks like we get about you know seven to ten different projects almost a weekly basis we get about one or two projects every day wherein we are going to be having a first initial dig at their white paper if they have one we're going to see what they have described as a problem and how they will be the one making a solution then we'll be reaching out to some of the to to the founders we're going to set up a conversation either via zoom or it's going to be face to face um wherein about two or three of us of our colleagues are going to sit down ask them questions just help understand uh, you know why they are doing this in a decentralized world so one of the most basic questions we ask them why do you even need blockchain you know that's the first one of the first questions we ask we also ask them questions about the team because at the end of the day you know the pro- most of the times the products only going to be coming after the funds have been raised so that so in the initial stages we uh, we we only prefer to work with teams uh, which have got uh, you know some sort of entrepreneurial background have some sort of exits in in their resumes successful exits or uh, have got advisors who who we trust um, so we 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 went through those specific means uh you know one of the questions i believe i'm i'm preempting but one of the questions you're going to ask me is how do i value ic or how do you even value ics it's very hard you don't necessarily have a metric like say a vc would have because it's you know it's pre stage investing you know it's it it's something where you're investing pretty much on a hunch that will this the product or the protocol that they are building will this find value within um you know the the future will there be some sort of use cases that people will identify and want to get on the blockchain so it's very hard to say look at say a cash flow number or look at uh, you know do they have assets that they own it's it's very hard so how we usually look at it is you know what's the team is the technology does the technology use case make any sense uh, can it does it really have to be on the blockchain will it really disrupt something or not and a very important element that we look at it is will it integrate with other blockchains or not or will this be a standalone blockchain because if it's a standalone blockchain that's a lot of friction for the for the users to to be using it so we th- those are some of the things we look at so you had mentioned that you have an investment arm as well along with the advisory arm at kinetic capital so would you typically be investors in a project that you're advising on as well so we've got a separate investment team you know uh, that we in no way will be um, you know like we 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 do not tell them or they do not ask us if they should be investing or not so they usually invest in a lot more icos than we advise it uh purely because we just do not have the bandwidth and investment is a slightly easier decision uh, less cumbersome uh, less time consuming uh, than say an advisory an advisory project usually goes on between 2 to 3 months whereas an investment decision will be made within one week to even two weeks right uh so i would i would say there is a pretty high correlation to if we are advising on something then there will be an investment but that investment decision is made independently by by a team so you just mentioned that that you receive one to projects uh, on a daily basis and that you're extremely picky in terms of the projects that you actually choose to advise on and and your decision making process is typically um you know uh, on the basis of whether there is actually a need for decentralization the background of the entrepreneurs if they've had successful exits the advisors on the team integration with other other blockchains uh, so i mean so far uh, are are you able to share the number of projects that kinetic has advised on 
Yeah, I think the, I mean, you know, we're, okay, I can tell you right now we are working on about seven projects. We have already done about, I think five to six different projects are already out. So uh, Bluezell, AirSwap, GBX, these are some of the ICOs which have been, um, you know, we were also involved in ICON, not in an advisory capacity, but as an investment capacity. Um, so those are some of the ICOs we've been involved in. Uh, there are six to seven more that we're working on right now. Oh, actually, no, I think there are about nine. Sorry, yeah, we're working on about nine right now. Uh, but I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to share the names because uh, that, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily public information. Yeah, that's, that's completely understandable. So across these number of projects that you're working on you, or you have worked on, is there a particular advisory framework uh, that you follow? Or to put it another way, you know, what would a typical project look like for you end to end? That's a great question, Tushar. So yes, there is usually a framework. So we, we usually categorize projects on is it, uh, is it an advisory light or is it an advisory full stack? Um, and a full stack usually involves about three phases. Uh, we define phase one as the setup phase. So this is where you will help the client understand, uh, you know, you'll help them, you'll ask those questions about, okay, who are your specific stakeholders? What are the problems you're trying to solve for the stakeholders? And uh, then you'll translate all of this information into a white paper and a deck. That's, that's pretty much the first stage. The second stage is the, or the pre-ICO stage is where you do, you know, you start making those connections. You, so you connect them with, uh, you know, the, the smart contract developers and the auditors. You will help, you will help uh, connect them with somebody who does token utility. So an external advisor who specifically, you know, will uh, guide them on token utility, who's got expertise on that. Then we'll also start the marketing in, in stage two because marketing and community building is a very important element of an ICO and that lasts somewhere over, uh, you know, over two months. And when all of these things, a lot of them run in parallel to each other. Uh, we also start some sort of roadshows. So that we take the founders into conferences and there are a lot of them, trust me, you take them to conferences and you, they, they talk about their product. They talk about why they are doing um, what they're doing and why this needs to be on the blockchain. And the third phase is when you start connecting them to the investors, you know, the, when the investors start, you know, uh, pledging money that they're going to be uh, whatever, you know, the decisions that have been made between the company, how much they're raising and the investors, what their appetite is. So they will start raising that. So in a, in a way, phase three is where you start, you know, doing your book building as you would call in a bank book building happens in stage three. Um, you, so you, you, already have decided on a specific date or what the public sale will be. And on that specific public sale date, you know, uh, the tokens are going to be given to the public, the, you know, the, to the tokens are going to be listed on the exchange and the tokens will be given to the public within seven to 14 days. So the, an end to end, as I said, the project can last between two to three months. That's a full stack. An advisory light would ideally involve at least phase three, sometimes even phase two. So there are many times when people come to come, some of the projects come to us, they already have a white paper. They already have defined a token utility model, but they need help in say finding the right kind of strategic investors. And that's very important. You know, you need to be able to target investors who will, who will help take your product forward. And uh, you know, that's one of the specific expertise that uh, kinetic has in this field that we help cushion this, uh, an entire ICO round raising, with investors that will be more like advisors. 
So that's kind of the VC models. If you're investors as well and you're advising and, and then you sort of have a portfolio of companies and then you kind of look after these companies. Absolutely. Though. Exactly. So that's what I think, you know, I mean, a lot of people consider this as a substitute to the VC model. And even though there might be some merit in that, I believe, you know, Kinetic, the, I, I find that we are a lot like a VC model wherein we help companies understand their potential. So it's very often that we end up, say, advising on an ICO today. And two months later, we might find an ICO. Um, and we might say, by the way, both of you should talk because I, I believe your protocols can work with, in, in, you know, with each other. Uh, and that's what we believe in, you know, growing the community, building the community. And it also helps in scalability of tokens for both the specific projects. So our expertise is extends beyond just, you know, those three months. Are there any particular kind of projects that you're focusing on in 2018? You mentioned a few names, you know, Bluzel, GBX, S-Swap. You know, it sounds like you're focusing on kind of um, some last mile projects within the blockchain ecosystem, or you could also call them platform or sort of infrastructure projects. Is that your thought process at Kinetic at the moment? So I, I believe, you know, I, I mean, blockchain itself is an infrastructural, you know, foundational based technology, right? So I, I wouldn't say we restrict ourselves to a specific say, industry or a specific type of projects. I will say that we get a lot of so we get a lot of referrals, right? It's, it's not a that big a community. So there are people who, so a lot of the companies we advise on, you know, they go back and, you know, when they speak on conferences, guy, other guys who want to do ICO speak to them and then they refer, refer, us to, refer them to Kinetic. So there's a lot of uh, inbound traffic that way. But what we see is there's a lot of blockchain projects around gaming, purely because it's a lot easier to decentralize. There is some sort of, uh, you know, decentralized uh, blockchain project that we are getting around, uh, you know, social media engagement, you're seeing a lot, of course, in finance, different elements of finance, you know, let be it insurance exchanges or otherwise. Um, so th those are very common themes. But what we're trying, what we've changed this year in 2018, and that's purely because of the number of people that have joined the firm, is we're trying to tap into a lot of these projects early stage, wherein the idea is just germinating in the head. Because um, we feel that our value add is much better then uh, wherein they haven't, you know, pre-decided the route that they're going to be taking towards the ICO. That can also help them understand who are the kind of advisors they should be getting on um, and who are the kind of team members they should be looking at or even the geography they should be looking at. So, you know, one of the projects that I'm managing, and I'm not going to be giving the name out, when we started, when we joined them, they, they had thought that they're going to be launching in, uh, in about you know, six, seven countries. When we got involved, we said, listen, it makes no sense for you to be involved in six, seven. You start with just two. And we believe you should start with just these two because there is a lot of potential for you to, you know, get partnerships within these two. So that's where, uh, that, that, that's some, some sort of the value add which you can do if you get in early on in a project. On, on a global scale, are there any particular projects that you, that you find exciting? I mean, all the projects we are working on are exciting, man. But, but, uh, but, but you know, outside of that, I mean, you know, are, are there any particular, you know, it could be decentralized exchanges, it could be anything. Is there anything in particular that you think holds promise, at least for the next couple of years? Sure. So, I mean, you know, I, I, do, I don't believe our expertise only is restricted to ICOs. You know, it's something like my boss has always said. You have, we have to look at tokenization in a three-stage metric. You know, ICOs is stage one. 
Stage two is when your internet companies start looking at tokenization. And that is happening, you know, with Rakuten announcing that they were looking at this uh, tokenization. This is something they announced last week. Third stage is going to be the brick and mortar companies, you know, your uh, big established behemoths. And, and it could even be somewhere like governments, which will start looking at tokenization. This is recently I read about a government in, in the Caribbean. I think it's Antigua and Barbuda, which is... Uh, which is actually looking at uh, tokenizing, uh, tokenization as an uh, tokenization of some sort of, of assets. So those are something that we are very excited about, uh, wherein there is a state-sponsored implementation of blockchain because there is a lot of inefficiencies around state-centered usage of data currently, and because it's state-centered, you know, there's that central point of failure exists, um, and we believe that that governments in the future will be smart enough to eliminate that central point of failure and drive trust within the citizens. So I want to move to sort of a more personal question and more about, you know, learning about the space in general. Do you have any go-to resources for news research or learning about blockchain and, and cryptocurrencies? Sure. Uh, you know, I, uh, when I started, it was pretty much, you know, I, I, I use, the internet, right? I mean, just search about blockchain. There's a lot of stuff out there. I, I have a presentation of my own as well, which I have collected from, you know, I've collated inputs that I've got from about 25, 30 different websites. But, you know, Medium is a great, medium.com is a great way for to follow people that are writing on, on blockchain. I think IBM has written a lot of, has done a lot of work on the private blockchain side. I mean, I think a lot of the guys who are developers, if you want developer-based knowledge, you should follow what the Ethereum Foundation writes, Vitalik, you know, of course, he's reduced now, but Vitalik is the one who started writing about it 2014, maybe even earlier than that. So just he's got about 120 different blog posts. So reading about that uh, on, on that blog, those are some of the elements that I have used. Um, but to me, I believe as, as a, you know, there is there is immense knowledge, even if you're a five year old or a 15 year old or a 55 year old, there is immense knowledge available just on the Internet. All you have to do is Google start with Google search. Yeah. 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 I have, you know, uh, uh, on, on several occasions, I have like hundreds of tabs open before we wrap up. I mean, you mentioned, you know, kind of, you know, smaller companies uh, doing ICOs at the moment and then, you know, a shift towards Internet companies starting to do it. And, and then, you know, uh, brick and mortar and, and, and governments starting to to kind of do their do, do ICOs or, or do, you know, some sort of uh, activity within the blockchain space. Um, I just want to get like a high level generic outlook on the blockchain space in, uh, you know, over the next couple of years before, before we wrap up, where do you see it heading? You know, you've obviously bet your career on it. So I'm, I'm sure you're, you're bullish on the ecosystem in general, but like just sort of your last thoughts on, on the space in, in general. All right. That's actually, you saved the most difficult question for the last. So thank you very much. Um, you know, I, I believe, see, let, I, I, I don't get too overly excited or worried about, um, about, about things. In, so there are definitely risks, uh, you know, regulation is one of the biggest risks. So, you know, whenever I do my, you know, blockchain introductory, introductory course, I tell people this is before blockchain gets adopted, there has to be a mindset change in society. There has to be a rules changed in terms of you know regulators and uh, government and there has to be a, a 
greed change, if I may, you know, in companies. So people, so, and that's easier said than done. You know, we'll have to all become ideal citizens for us to completely, totally develop or, and adopt a decentralized world. However, I do believe that private blockchain is something which will get adopted a lot quicker. And you're already seeing that. It's not just the hyperledger, but you, 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 will, you are seeing uh, the use of private blockchain in a lot of different companies. JP Morgan is doing, is running Quorum. I think HSBC is going to do something as well. Um, uh, recent, uh, soon, Swift Network announced it as well that they're going to be looking at it. So I believe private blockchain is something that is going to happen soon because it's a lower barrier to overcome. But before blockchain becomes our, you know, go-to and end-all of, uh, of everything, how our data is sourced, we'll have to ask ourselves a very important question. How do we value our data? Or do we even value it? See, today, you know, you look at your, you, you look at your computer or you look at your phone and you realize that there are companies out there that know everything about you. There is nothing, there is nothing called privacy. You know, whether your location is on on your phone or not, uh, but the, every time you check in Google, some, that information is getting stored with them and they bombard you with advertisements. I believe in the future, there's going to come a tipping point wherein, wherein citizens are going to feel that this, is, this has gone too far. There's going to come a point where everybody wants, will, will start believing that they are the rightful owners of their data and not companies and not governments. I.e., we will go into a world wherein there will not be a need for a centralized you know, organization to maintain our data. Now, you, you, it depends on you if you believe in that or not. If you believe if which side of the fence you sit on is, is, is for you to decide. I have already made my decision. I do believe that a decentralized world forces all of us to be at our best behavior. You know, it's a trust-based society wherein we are all judged by how we respond to each other in all transactions. Now, these transactions need not be financial as in the case of a Bitcoin. They can really be in terms of of uh, you know behaviors, uh, we we have to you know in a lot of the ICOs and I'm sorry I'm going back there in a lot of the ICOs the kind of questions that we formulate or we ask the the founders is what is the best behavior you want your from your stakeholders? How are you going to ensure that the stakeholders will uh, you know will be at will be adding value but they'll be adding value by doing the right thing by not gaming the system and you know we. As humans, we are inherently always looking for shortcuts. We're inherently always looking for a quick buck. Yeah. And I don't see blockchain as that. I don't. So, you know, to me, yes, I am pained by the idea that Bitcoin has been used by, by parties which are not necessarily, you know, which are not necessarily using it for the best financial use. But a completely decentralized framework does not allow us to stop them right now. So I do feel that over the next three to five years, we're going to slowly move from a completely centralized framework to a controlled decentralized framework. But the true end of a completely decentralized world will probably only happen three to five years down the line. Yeah, I think, I think the question regarding data is definitely a very, very pertinent and interesting one. And then we'll see how this plays out. So I know you're, you're very busy and even though it's a Sunday, uh, you have to... Uh, you have to go. Uh, any last comments from your end? Uh, where can people follow you? Sure. Um, no, I see. Firstly, Tushar, I think what you're doing is a great job. You're just starting the discussion. I think it comes back to, you know, wait for it. 
community. Uh, I, I really believe it's good that you're starting the discussion to getting people involved. Actually, I was just on another call for about a couple of hours with a group of seven people. We are starting something in India. Um, and I'll, I'll give details of that to you in due course. We are trying to, uh, you know, you know, build a society wherein there will be cre we'll be creating content, but we'll also be finding solutions to to problems problems like what happened in PNB. Um, you know, um, I, I I believe blockchain could have solved it, and I wrote about that in LinkedIn. So you know, LinkedIn is one of one one way one place where you can where people can get in touch with me. I don't believe in the concept of followers. I don't think you know we don't need followers. We need people who are leaders. We all have we have a lot to learn from each other. So. Yeah. Please, you know, if, if you've got listeners who want to get in touch with me, my name is Sukrit Khatri, S-U-K-R-I-T-K-H-A-T-R-I. You know, hit me up on LinkedIn if you have any questions, if you ever want to talk about, have ideas, or if you have, you know, if you just want to learn about blockchain, just hit me up. I'm always there to have a conversation and, and uh, learn from you. That sounds great, Sukrit. And, you know, always happy to be involved and happy to help with whatever you're working uh, in India. And I look forward to, to hearing more about it. On, on that note, let's end this interview. Thank you for taking the time out from your busy schedule to come speak with us, Sukrit. It was a pleasure having you on. Thanks. Thanks, Tushar. All the best to you for your decryptation interviews. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram. And subscribe to our newsletter on decrypt.asia. This is your host, Tushar. Thank you for listening.